0: Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador.
1: Well, we have issues with the trainer first. We have to see who's healthy, and, um, you know, there's going to be special teams considerations. we got a lot of things to consider, so I'm not going to say too much today, but there were some guys that uh, got a great opportunity for three straight weeks. Uh, to showcase where they are what they're capable of doing and uh, we'll do what we think is right for our team.
0: Well that was John Gruden on Sunday at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara after the Raiders closed out their preseason game and started immediately looking ahead uh, to the decisions that were looming on their 53-man roster which was set today although I'm not going to quite say it's set in stone, and, and neither should you. Uh, yes, the Raiders made their final cuts to get down to the 53-man roster, uh, but there's a lot of uh, flexibility and leeway uh, from this point moving forward and over the next couple of days are going to be really critical uh, in terms of, A, who ends up on the injured reserve list. They had to wait until today, till after the deadline, till after their 53-man roster was set to put a few players on injury reserve in order to preserve their eligibility for this year. So guys like Nicholas Morrow, Jalen Richard, Javin White, maybe Keshawn Nixon will get further clarity on this. Uh, hopefully tomorrow when we talk to John Gruden, but uh, those guys are hurt right now uh, to some extent or another. And maybe for a couple of those guys, it might be extended stays uh, or games that they're going to miss. So, um, and the Raiders want to bring them back at some point. So waiting until after they set their 53-man roster to put those guys on the injured reserve, they now have the flexibility to bring them back uh, after three games minimum, if that's you know how many games they're going to miss. So um, you figure two of those roster spots, maybe three, maybe even four, could end up uh, opening up here pretty soon once those guys, um, you know, however many of them, go on the injured reserve list. So, so keep that in mind. Also, a whole bunch of guys once they clear waivers will be back in some form or fashion, whether it's on the fifty-three man roster. I'm talking about somebody like a Trey Rags. If Jalen Richard has to go on uh, injured reserve, then Trey automatically becomes a favorite to come back. Uh, after he clears waivers, if he clears waivers, if not B.J. Eamons uh, is a possibility as well. Remember, for for players that are put on waivers today, uh, a, a guy like Trey Regus or, or, or B.J., uh, if a team claims them, they're going to have to put them on their 53-man roster. So you have to wonder, okay, did did either of those two guys – Impress so many every you know, a a team or multiple teams around the league to the point where they want to claim them off waivers and automatically put them on their 53 man roster. I'm not so sure that that's the case. So, if you're the Raiders, you're playing a little bit of a uh, high wire act by exposing them to waivers with the idea, one of them uh, at least, of bringing them back to your 53-man roster or your practice squad. Uh, Remember, the practice squad is now 16 players, and I suspect and I predict that a bunch of guys that they put on waivers today and cut today are going to be back in the building uh, as soon as Wednesday or Thursday as practice squad players. And remember, of those 16 players that you have on a practice squad now across the league, four spots – are protected uh that's as opposed to years past where if somebody wanted one of your practice squad players um enough that they wanted to put them on your 53 on their 53 man roster they could come in swoop in and just take them um basically with the with the offering the opportunity to come you know if the detroit lions wanted such and such player they can uh, who's on such and such team's practice squad uh they would swoop in and say hey we want to Take you off the Raiders practice squad and put you under our 53 man roster, and you have the right to do that. Now, players can say, "No, I'd rather stay here." That's not going to happen uh, too often because there's a lot of money. That's there's a lot of a, a big difference in money being on a 53 man roster than a practice squad uh, roster. But some guys, you know, uh, would would and still will do that. Rare, but it sometimes happens. However, um, now uh, after the after COVID nineteen, uh, you know rules were put in last year now of those 16 players teams can protect four of those players meaning nobody could just swoop in and say hey we want to add you to our 53 man roster Uh, you could do it with 12 of the players but there's four that are off limits and so when you look at the 53 man roster look at it as really 57 players because eventually once the Raiders sign those 16 players to their practice squad for them are going to be their property and their property alone so it's really a 57 man roster so expect a bunch of those guys back i would also expect the raiders are going to be scouring uh the waiver wire in order to potentially bring in a uh offensive lineman maybe another tackle uh, to strengthen that area maybe another linebacker to strengthen that area but otherwise I think they're fairly set. I mean, there might be somebody that's out there that's so compelling as a cornerback maybe um, or, or a defensive back that they say, hey, you know, we would like to uh, we're going to we're going to uh, go ahead and, and claim somebody off waivers. We'll have to wait and see. But I think the p- positions to keep an eye on as far as waiver claims and potential trades are that offensive line um, and. Uh, the defensive backfield, uh, or excuse me, linebacker. So we will see if you guys have any surprises. I don't necessarily think there were a lot of surprises. Yes, uh, I think John Brown and uh, Carl Joseph. In, in as, as we look at it in totality, yeah, those two are surprises. But we sure saw the writing on the wall uh, on Sunday when both not only made the trip to Santa Clara uh, to play, you know, uh, to, when the forty nine or the Rams clo- or Rams when the Raiders closed out. The preseason against the 49ers not only did they make the trip which a whole bunch of guys didn't but they actually played extended minutes so Carl Joseph and John Brown I think on Sunday their fates were foreshadowed uh, just a little bit because I know we were up in the press box going huh Carl Joseph and John Brown aren't just out there they're playing a lot so it kind of gave you an indication that John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and the rest of the coaching staff wanted to take one last look at both of those players to decide: Hey, are we missing something? Are we overlooking something? Um, maybe you know we've 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 been reading the situation wrong. Maybe we need to keep them. We're going to give them one opportunity to kind of change our mind, but obviously that didn't happen. And in the case of John Brown, it sounds like anyway, um, it sounds like based on some reports out there. That John Brown, the veteran wide receiver, went to Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden and requested his relief. Now, I release. Now, uh, I've put some some questions out there um, to try to see if, all right, if that in that situation, if the player comes to the team and says, "Hey, you know what? Um, it's not working out for me for whatever reason. Uh, I'd rather try to figure out a better situation elsewhere." So. Uh, whether you're planning on keeping me or not, what I would like to do is just request that you release me, so that I can, you know, go go find a better situation for myself. Now, in that situation, I don't know this to be true, or or, or, or accurate, or the case, but I would think anyway that in that kind of a situation, especially with the kind of contract that he has, which isn't a lot, but it's significant enough that you would think that the team has a little bit of recourse there, because if not, then the Raiders are going to be on the hook uh, for the entire $3.5 million uh, that he was guaranteed, some of which has already been paid. Uh, I think there was a signing bonus that that, to my knowledge has already been paid, but there is a salary north of $1 million. That was part of the guaranteed $3.5 million. When you add in the salary and the bonuses, all those bonuses and whatnot. So I'm wondering if, the Raiders at least get a little bit of relief where that salary um, is no longer guaranteed, is no longer paid to John Brown, and certainly is no longer reflected on their on their books. But I don't know uh, what, this, what the case is or what the situation is in, in that kind of a case. I'm trying to find out. Um, but John Brown was a little bit of a surprise in totality. Uh, not so much recently. I think we saw the, the writing on the wall. Same with Carl Joseph um a lot of uh you know people talking about roderick uh teamer the young safety that that is on the 53 man roster and kudos uh, to him for taking advantage of his uh opportunity all i know is this you know when you're at training camp and you're watching day after day after day and i i caught myself so many times doing this who the heck's 33 again because he kept showing up kept showing up kept showing up and he i have to be honest there's certain guys that are firmly on your radar. And there are certain guys that, um, aren't necessarily on your radar. And so, uh, they can go overlooked a little bit because they're just not players that you think, you know, there's camp bodies, there's guys that are, you know, uh, trying to put some film out there, uh, for future use and, and you, in your head as you're, and this is a lesson not to, not to do that. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to sometimes get caught in that trap, but, um, to be honest with you, uh, he teamer is a case of teams. A lot of times, and the Raiders in particular, they're looking to to they're trying to figure out ways to get the best fifty three players out there. Period! Exclamation point! John Gruden said at the very beginning of training camp, "Doesn't matter to me if you're a first round pick, second round pick, free agent, undrafted free agent, guy that we just signed, you know, off the street, whatever the case might be. Whoever proves that they're the best players." Uh, are going to get a roster spot. And so uh, a guy like Teamer, who, again, wasn't necessarily on my radar, but I can't tell you how many times during the course of a roster uh, or during the course of a practice I had to look at my roster to, oh yeah, that's Teamer again. Who's that? Oh, wow. Who's that? Oh, that's Teamer again against the Rams. Obviously he was part of the big fight. Um, He was showing a lot of fight out there, no pun intended. Um, and, And I think that, more and more and over the course of uh, day after day after day, practice after practice, going all the way back to OTAs, he just kept showing up. And to his credit, he took advantage of an opportunity. Now, I think it also helps that he has a Gus Bradley background. He played one season uh, in 2019 with uh, the Chargers. I think I want to say he started six or seven games uh, in that, in that season. And, you know, his numbers in those starts weren't all that bad. So, and he was a young player at that point, um, still is obviously, but was, was two years younger at that point. So he's somebody as a safety that has some, uh, history with Gus Bradley and with Ron Milas, the new DBs coach. And so again, credit to him for taking advantage of his, of his opportunity. I also want to give a lot of credit, um, to Amik Robertson. And I I say that because this is kind of evidence, more evidence of why last year was so tricky. So I think a lot of young players were done a a major disservice uh, last year. And you could say the same thing for kids in high school, college, everywhere. Because of COVID-19, so much of last year was just out of whack all right and and so here's a meek robertson last year drafted by the raiders and what was it the fourth round uh, coming out of louisiana uh, tech was a, a really good outside safety in college probably you know when you were projecting him into the nfl at his size five eight, five nine, you're probably thinking all right you know he at that size um he had the physical toughness um to maybe move inside where he's not going to be playing against bigger wide receivers. A lot of times in the slot, you're slotted up against, you know, uh, smaller, quicker wide receivers, Hunter Renfro, those type of guys. So I think the natural assumption was at his size coming out of college, earmarked for for slot cornerback uh, duties. And that's what the plan that the Raiders had for him last year, but without the benefit of an offseason And OTAs and all those practices and a very minimal amount of just a very altered, minimal, uh, fast-tracked training camp. Uh, And then no preseason. I think a lot of guys, and Amik Robertson falls into that category, just got um, kind of the short end of the stick. and, and And their progress and development and transition was stunted and affected majorly. Uh, as a result, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Embajador Tequila. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on cut-down day as the Raiders officially get down to their 53-man roster for now. But getting back to Amik, um, you know, in his case, it was all just a little bit too much. And so I think his year, as a result, was dramatically affected. I don't think he ever quite took to slot cornerback. There were a lot of reasons behind that, one of which was, uh, the lack of preparation, uh, the lack of building a foundation in the spring and carrying that into training camp and then getting out on the field uh, during preseason, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but because of that, I think he sort of fell off everybody's radar. And, you know, we're very, very quick uh, to make assessments and snap judgments and onto the new shiny toys uh, that are, that are you know, uh, waiting under the tree uh, in the next draft or the next free agency period. And sometimes guys uh, get left in the dust from a perception standpoint. Well, Meek Robertson, I believe, uh, was kind of fit into that category. And I think even in his own mind, uh, he felt that and understood that. Uh, and understood, hey, I, I need to really take advantage of... The opportunity in terms of getting back to a regular offseason, a real OTAs, and, and and everything that comes with it, uh, because all I know is the player that we've been watching over the course of training camp and, and in the preseason looks just a lot better. You know, I'm not predicting any kind of a Pro Bowl season for Amik Robertson, but I think that when used and when utilized, I think he's going to be able to be. He's going to prove to be. capable player out there and really that's what you're looking for especially in the role that he's going to have for himself which is a backup cornerback and uh, i think that the raiders also kind of understood that you know what maybe he's just not suited uh to play that slot cornerback position maybe he's better suited just stay where he was in college uh, on the outside and he's played the outside quite a bit during the preseason and in training camp Uh, we saw him on sunday play both spots uh, outside, inside, he all, he was also um, just creating havoc on special teams. Every time I looked up, you know, he was making a play or had his nose around the ball uh, on special teams. So I think that really uh, helped solidify things. So for a guy like that, and we talked to Amik about this, just, you know, being staying with it, not losing your confidence, understanding, hey, it didn't work out um, that first year, but that doesn't have to be the end at all. Just learn from it. And understand, you know, the areas that you need to focus on. Um, maybe it's getting your head back in the in the in the playbook, watching, learning, observing, listening, taking better notes, whatever the case might be. Uh, I think that Amik Robertson did exactly that. So credit to him. He makes the fifty-three man roster. I think he's here uh, to stay. Uh, obviously, if you're looking at that rookie class, you know you've got a day one starter in. Alex Leatherwood, the first-round pick from Alabama. You've got a day-one starter in Trayvon Morig, the second-round pick, uh, the safety from TCU. You've got a day-one starter now in Nate Hobbs, uh, the slot cornerback from Illinois that just kind of wowed everybody over these last couple of months, even going back all the way to to OTAs. Uh, And I think you've got potentially a rotation player in Tyree Gillespie, who, you think about it, between teamer, Gillespie and Morrig, I think that's who pushed Carl Joseph uh, out of the ro- of, a, of a roster spot. The veteran that the uh, that the Raiders brought back uh, this offseason and you know, gave it a gave it a go. Uh, I think the Raiders gave him every opportunity, Carl Joseph, uh, to stick with this team. But you know, when you've got some young players that are showing that they can be contributors early on. It makes those decisions a little bit easier. So uh, the Raiders are going young at safety, but potentially really, really good. So uh, an interesting day so far. Uh, again, uh, my 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 uh, recommendation is don't get don't fall in love with that 53-man roster just yet. I think there's going to be uh, quite a bit of tinkering uh, over the next 48, 72 hours or so. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Monsignor, Brought to you by Tequila Bapador, Raider Nation Radio 9:20 a.m. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. On a Tuesday, you're In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by tequila embajador before we get back to talking about the raiders 53 man roster uh, and raider 27 i know you're uh, waiting uh, i'm gonna get to you in just a second uh my producer damon cotton has an important uh message to relay
2: oh yes this is very important for everyone who's going to be attending those raider home games starting up on monday night football september 13th don't forget to download the clear app you know, so we can all enjoy that game day experience. You know, the Raiders want everybody to be safe. So fully vaccinated attendees will not have to wear a mask while inside Allegiant Stadium. That's a plus. Those who are partially vaccinated will be permitted to attend games, but will be required to wear a mask. And guest ages um two guest ages from two to eleven will not be a will be required to wear a mask. Excuse me. It's a it's a it's a mouthful. But anyone over the age of 12, 12 and older must provide proof of vaccination. The Raiders have partnered partnered with the clear app to make it safe for all attendees. You just must provide that proof of vaccination for all home games to attend the Legion Stadium. You can get started by downloading the clear app. It'll just take about five minutes. And all you need is your ID and your CDC vaccination card to complete your clear health pass. For more information, go to raiders.com.
0: Yeah, so basically you can download your vaccination card into the Clear app so that when you get to the game, you just scan your uh, Clear app and all the pertinent information and in the game you go uh, into the stadium you go and you don't have to wear a mask. So. Uh, check it out. More information at raiders.com. Uh, but that clear app is going to be a critical component to uh, us having a whole bunch of fun this year and staying healthy um, first and foremost. So um, we'll be we'll be you know relaying that message from time to time. Uh, as the season goes on and probably throughout the season. So, uh, so just be aware of that. Go get the clear, uh, app. We're going to go out to the Raider nation guest line or listener line. Raider 27 is on uh, the line. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing Raider 27?
1: Hey, uh, Vinny, um, even if it takes time off my call, I think this is more important. Um, I downloaded the clear app. It took five minutes. It was so easy to do. It was amazing. It's easy to use. I've been practicing it because I get to go to the stadium. I'm all excited. Man, everybody get vaccinated. I talked to my doctor yesterday and asked him, you know, what do you think? I'm going to be in a stadium full of people. I've been vaccinated. Should I wear a mat? He said, you know what? You've been vaccinated. Go enjoy it. Have a good time. My wife works in ICU. Very, very, very seldom do they see anyone that's vaccinated even in the hospital, alone ICU. So please get vaccinated and make yourself safe. You know, I mean, don't make this something you dig your heels in on. Get safe. Get healthy. Let's beat this thing. We can all do it if we do it together.
0: I you know, completely so- agree, Raider 27. And, you know, we're seeing some, some uh, you know, um, some deaths that could have been prevented. Uh, by people who were, you know, real hardcore proponents of, you know, not getting the vax. Um, and you just hate to see that. You hate to see preventable deaths uh, straight out. And, you know, this isn't a cure-all um, by any stretch. We all know that, and science changes, and there might be a need and will be a need, I'm sure, for booster shots. But I'm of the way I look at it is, whatever the science, wherever the science leads, however many booster shots I have to take, i'm gonna get them because i want to live i want to i want want to enjoy my life and my family and all that and all the great blessings that we have uh in life that's the only thing that i don't care if it's republicans democrats martians um aliens from pluto uh that are that are you know uh behind all this it doesn't matter to me what we should be focused on is the good that it does and um you know, the, the health that it uh, preserves. So I'm with you, Radio 27. Do you have a question about uh, what happened You today? know,
1: I just wanted to, you know, I'm, I'm going to try not to ramble. Um, it's a bittersweet day for me always because if any of the players are listening, um, I want to thank all the guys that didn't make the team. I, You guys worked so hard. You tried so hard. You've been at this so long. And you are all elite athletes. If you are on the 90-man roster, you are an elite athlete. No reason for you to hang your head or feel bad. You are an amazing athlete and an amazing person to get this far. Most people don't. Um, I was uh, May. I was very surprised that Derek Carrier got cut. Um, I was uh, amazed that I was sitting there watching the games, and then after, oh, they kept Nick Bowers. Who's that? That's eighty-two. Oh wow, that guy kept. Oh yeah, man. I kept thinking. How are they not going to keep that guy? And another one was Teamer. You know, I never thought he had a chance to make the team. But every time I would watch these games, and I can't grind tape because the NFL doesn't have all 22 out, but I literally watched the TV copy over and over and over and over. And it's like this guy keeps showing up. You know, so um, I think I I read a thing on Twitter about the Raiders. Awkward. About uh, the Raiders not drafting, how poor! They are. I think Mike Mayock and John Gruden are doing a very good job of drafting. If you get, if you in a draft can draft three starting players, that is a very successful draft. If you can get three starters and a substitute, man, you're killing it in the draft. You know, so I, I'm excited about this young team. I think they're going to continue to get better every year. I think they're on the right track. I hope nothing stupid happens when they blow this whole thing up right now because I think we're close to being a really good team that's going to be really good for a long time. Yeah,
0: and, you know, it's young. It's it's it's. it's... Extremely young team with some, you know, uh, quality veterans, I think, sprinkled in. Uh, even Unique in Um, what is he, 27, 28 years old? I'd have to go back and look. So uh, a newcomer that's, you know, in his wheelhouse. Corey Littleton's still, um, you know, in his wheelhouse. Nick Wachowski's still in his wheelhouse. Um, you know, guys are starting to, you know, kind of come into that the second and third uh, third year. Uh, guys like Max Crosby and Cleve Farrell and Trayvon Mullen. Um, you know Jonathan Abram. You have guys that uh, are in that category that are starting to make their move uh, in their careers. Um, like you said, you know, if you, if you look at this roster, it's it's a John Gruden, Mike Mayock roster, and there's a bunch of guys that they have found in the draft these last three years that are four years really. If you go back to Colton Miller, uh, that that are that have big roles on this team that are the heart and soul. Uh, of this team, and then you sprinkle in some of the key, uh, you know, free agents that they've brought in, you know, your your Casey Haywards and your Kenyon Drakes and guys like that uh, to add some experience and and add add some veteran, you know, mentorship and, and leadership. It has the looks of a of a pretty decent roster, and I think that defensive line room, uh, you know, to me, Kendall Vickers has played well i think he's a strong 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 candidate if he's not claimed which if i'm a if i'm a team he's not a bad guy to have as a young development uh defensive lineman that can you know you can rely on him uh to 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 play for you right now Uh, so i wouldn't be surprised if he does clear waivers if he's brought right back whether it's on the 53-man roster, depending on what happens with some of these injured players, or certainly as one of those four protected um, practice squad players. So, but the fact that a Kendall Vickers, who made the team last year, doesn't make the team this year, along with a Matt Dickerson, guys that they you you kind of figured how to pretty strong chance of making this team if you just went by what they've done in the past and where they are in their careers but you know when you get a Gerald McCoy when you get a Quentin Jefferson when you get a Solomon Thomas when you get a Darius Phylon um, all of a sudden you, you know uh, guys are getting squeezed out good players are getting squeezed out and I think this defensive line from top to bottom is pretty darn good um, and it'll be interesting to see how good it possibly can be I, I didn't by any of the uh, notion that, you know, that Klee that, uh, Farrell was on the bubble or Carl Nassib was on the bubble. All I can tell you is that every single day at practice, you've got a four-man starting defensive line of Max Crosby, Quinton Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, and Yannick, Ngwag- Yannick Ngakwe that plays, you know, four or five, six, you know, uh, takes four or five, six reps in 11-on-11. 11 11, and all of a sudden, here comes their replacements, full four player uh, replacement group of Klee Farrell, Carl Nassib, Darius Philon, uh, and Solomon Thomas. And now you throw in a Gerald McCoy into that equation. He's going to be part of that eight man nine man rotation and it looks pretty darn good when you start thinking about it. Like though that's your backups, Gerald McCoy, Solomon Thomas, um, you know, Carl Nassib and Cleve Farrell. Are your are your are your and Darius Phylon are your backups. That's not a bad group to have coming in in relief. And they're gonna play a lot, as are as will the first group. So that, and we've been talking about it all offseason, ever since they started making some of these moves that they've made along the defensive line. The whole goal is to be able to be in a much better position late in games to close out the deal and over the second half of the season. And Gus Bradley's defense how many times have we talked about this gus bradley's defense is predicated on creating pressure consistent pressure play in and play out from the defensive line from the four primary um you know past rushers sometimes that can change you know you're dropping guys into coverage and you're bringing in a cornerback whatever the case might be but but uh, the, the key is to get pressure throughout the game from that front four. If you can do that with a, with what's really a front eight or front nine, now that Gerald McCoy uh, is back in the thick of things, that's all the better because it ensures or helps ensure that play in and play out, you have a relatively fresh defensive lineman squaring off against an offensive lineman who, as the game goes on, starts getting a little bit more tired, a little bit more fatigued, because they're not rotating in and out. They're play in and play out. And I know that it's probably a little bit less taxing playing offensive line than defensive line, but when you get down to the fourth quarter uh, and you have guys that are much fresher than they have been in the past, trying to get after the quarterback, I think it's just going to help so much. And I think that component coupled with I think what they've done on the back end um, and when their linebackers get healthy, uh, what they're doing at linebacker, and don't sleep on Denzel Perryman. If he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, now you're talking about Casey Hay, or or, excuse me, um, uh, um, Nick Kwiatkowski, Nicholas Morrow, Corey Littleton, Denzel Perryman. That's not a bad four-man rotation right there, and I think that that's going to be the consistent one. And then you have Tanner Muse and a Javin White, and a uh, who am I missing? Uh, and a Divine Diablo potentially, uh, sitting there in in the wings. So, again, nice mix. In, when you're talking about the, the linebackers now, between Corey Littleton, Nick Wachowski, Nicholas Morrow, and Javin, and uh, and, and uh, Perryman, that's a nice little mix of four veteran linebackers and behind them some youth and potential. in Tanner Muse. Uh, in Javin White uh, and in um, Divine Diablo, the rookie from Virginia Tech, so those guys will be on continue to stay sort of on development tracks, backing up pretty good veteran players. So, and not all of those guys. Once it all shakes out, once everybody comes back healthy, not all of those guys are going to dress out uh, every game, but they'll be on the roster and they'll be ready to go when called upon. So, uh, I like when everyone gets healthy. I like where the Raiders are. Uh, at linebacker, much better than in years past. I really like where they are uh, much better than in years past along the defensive line. And when you start looking at Mullen in the backfield at one cornerback position, Casey Hayward, uh, Nate Hobbs as as your slot cornerback, Trayvon Morig, uh, and Jonathan Abrams as your safeties, you know, potentially a pretty good group. Now, Jonathan Abram certainly has to has to show up and has to take that next big step forward. Um, and waiting in the wings in case that doesn't happen is a guy like Tyree Gillespie, uh, is a guy like uh, Roderick Teemer, um, who's who's open who opened up a lot of eyes. So there's so there's young guys that are that are you know biding their time and and trying to get better and developing behind those guys. I mean. Nothing against Dalen Levitt, and we'll see what happens, you know, with him. Um, I know that he has special teams uh, value, but I think so does Tyree Gillespie, so does Teamer now, and they're just better players overall as potential regular players if it comes to that. So I just think that this roster is much in a much better place now. Uh, offensive line, I like the starters. And I think that this this, this rebuilt offensive line um, has a chance to be pretty darn good with, um, you know, once everybody is healthy, once they get uh, back Richie Incognito and then Andre James, uh, Denzel Good, Colton Miller, Alex Leatherwood as your starters, not a bad offensive line at all. I'm a little bit sketchy um, at uh, offensive tackle with Brandon Parker. We'll see if the Raiders take a look outside their building at what might be available on the waiver wire, or maybe even in a trade to strengthen uh, that group. I like the backups. I like John Simpson. I like Nick Martin. I think Nick Martin uh, as your backup center and as probably a swing guard, uh, if he gets the call uh, in that regard. And obviously John Simpson who kind of came back a remade man from last year, his rookie year coming out of Clemson. uh, I think you know, um, his his opportunity will come, and I think he's going to be uh, a good backup to have uh, as, as the guard. I just worry a little bit about that tackle situation. We'll see where the Raiders uh, go uh, in, in that regard. As far as your running backs go, um, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, I think that's going to be a upper echelon kind of a, a running back rotation in the NFL. Look what's going on with the Rams. They're trying to find. They've got guys that have gone down. Uh, they've lost some guys, uh, and they're kind of scrambling a little bit at the running back uh, position. I think the Raiders are fairly set uh, at that spot, and you've got Alec Ingold as the fullback. We'll see what happens with Jalen Rashard. Uh, I think that you know a Trey Ragus, um fits into there somehow, some way, depending on what's going on uh, with Jalen um you look at the wide receivers Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, the starters Zay Jones, um and Willie Steed as the uh as as the uh, two guys coming off the bench. Um do you want to bring in a sixth wide receiver? Is that is does Dylan Stoner or does DJ Turner make the team uh, in in that regard? Um you know, if they clear waivers, we'll see. Uh, but right now, uh, I think the Raiders I think they really like what they have in Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, and it's time for them to really show up um, starting September 13th against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Papa Pete, Papa Meech is on the line. How you doing, Papa Meech?
1: Hey, how you doing, man, Vinny?
0: Doing really good. Uh, real quick, what okay, do you Okay, well,
1: listen, I just wanted to ask you, um, this is going to be a bittersweet day for the coaches. They've been around these players for you know several months, but I had a question for you as far as you know. During the draft, the teams talk to each other and do little trades behind the scenes. So when they're picking their players, they kind of know what's happening. Does any of that go on, kind of right now before the deadline? Where let's say someone says, "Hey, Raiders, uh, you know you need help here, and 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 we like somebody on your team." Is there any of that stuff that goes on behind the scenes like that? during, as far as trade talks,
0: uh, yeah.
1: As far as before before the cuts uh, happen,
0: yeah, absolutely, uh, no doubt. There's there's conversations like that, but then you got to match up uh, on um, you know compensation, and you want to just do a straight swap. So um, yes, there, we saw some trades today uh, across the NFL. Uh, the Raiders to, to uh, thus far uh, hasn't haven't uh, partaken uh, or gone down that road. I wouldn't rule it out, but I think they also want to really take a look at what things how things shake out on the waiver wire it would not shock me uh, if they put in some um, waiver wire claims and uh, we'll see uh, because that's gonna that's the next shoe to drop uh, over these next couple of days is if the Raiders are rewarded uh, or awarded any of these uh, players that hit the waiver uh, mark. all of our listeners and all of our callers a short show today but we'll be back at it tomorrow regular time 4 to 6 p.m in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And we'll have Lincoln Kennedy back with us uh, tomorrow and some special guests uh, that we have on the docket. Raider Nation Radio nine twenty a.m. Tuesday. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m.